ready? Here we go. Good morning. morning. How y'all doing? Y'all ready for a good morning? Well, let's stand up. Let's sing together, all right? Here we go. One, two, three, four. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. Now you're awake now. Here we go. Let's do it again. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. If you're walking through the valley, there are shadows all around. Do not fear. He will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound Cause He has promised to never leave you Nor forsake you And His word is true God is good all the time He put a song of praise in this heart of mine God is good all the time Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. We were sinners, so unworthy. Still for us, He chose to die. Filled us with His Holy Spirit and testify that His love is everlasting and His mercies they will never end. God is good all the time through the song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. He's so good. God is good. He's so good. God is good. He's so good all the time. Amen. I'm hearing amen this morning in the house. Yes. So good to see each and every one of you this morning. Go ahead and have a seat if you can this morning. Y'all believe God is good? Amen. Come on now. Uh, he is Amen. so good. We got a special service this morning. It's going to be an awesome service. We got some guests in the house this morning. It's good to have you folks here today with us. It's so awesome to see each and every one of you. Uh, we got a special thing at the end. Uh, we got a little baptism at the end. So we want you to stick around for the baptism. That's going to be a wonderful, wonderful thing, and so I trust everybody had a good week. If you're a guest here this morning, I want to thank you for uh, being our guest this morning, and if you would uh, do me a favor and just fill out that little card, this little card that's got my mug on it, and got my 
wife's beautiful picture on it. If you would fill that thing out and stick it in that offering plate uh, when you leave today, we would have a record of your visit here with us this morning. Sister Lisa, it's so wonderful to see you this morning. God bless you. It's so good to see you. And so it's just going to be a great morning. I'm excited for the Word of God, excited for what God is going to do. If you look in your Sunday paper, everybody got your Sunday papers? Now, we have changed our name officially online and everything to B3HillsChurch.com, okay? So, uh, so make sure when you look at it, it should help you to be able to switch over. But use your Sunday paper to look at all that stuff, and it's got everything on there, what you need to do. Uh, we're going to have a special business meeting on September the 13th at 7 p.m., so you want to put that for the members of our church. We want you to be here for our special uh, business meeting. We're going to be uh, looking and voting on our bylaws for Hills Church. And uh, we're going to be talking about a revision in our 2020 budget. And we'll talk about that as well. So you want to make sure that you're here on uh, September the uh, 13th at 7 p.m. Right after uh, Bob does his, uh, his uh, Bible study that night. Don't forget we have Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 7 p.m. So you want to make sure you're here for that. Uh, it's really good. It's for hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Man, I'm telling you, you're going to hear a wonderful story this morning. And you know what? And CR is where it started. And so it's really awesome things. So, so we just want you to keep Lois in your prayers. Uh, the 27th, she's to have her procedure. And uh, they're going to go in there and replace her valve in her heart or fix it or do something to it. I don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but they're going to do it, right? So that's, a, that's pretty, I'm like thinking, man, somebody messing with your heart, you know what I mean? And I know what that's like because this lady on the front had uh, open heart surgery in 09 and, uh, several years ago, and it was, uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't, but I liked it. I liked it a lot because of the results of it, so it was very awesome. So anyway, you know, God is so good. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we prepare to worship him this morning in spirit and truth. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we know that there's no other name under heaven and earth where a person can be saved, save the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, it's our prayer, Lord, that, uh, that, Lord, that we would experience your presence in our hearts this morning. Lord, we as Christians have brought you into this place. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts is an attitude of worship. Lord, that this is a sacred gathering here this morning, God. And it's meant, Lord, to bring glory and honor to your precious name. God, that you would touch every heart, every mind, every soul here this morning. And God, that you would use us for your glory. Lord, we thank you for everything that you're going to do here this morning. I pray for those who are here that may not know you as Savior, that maybe this day, today, would be the day of salvation for they would ask you to come into their heart and to save them from themselves and from their sin. So, Father, we just give you praise. We thank you for our guests in the house this morning, that you bless each one of them, Lord, and, and we're just so grateful for them to stop by here and be our guests this morning. We thank you for them. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing, God. Just use us today, Lord, that you would be glorified. There would be a sweet aroma, Lord, would come to your nostrils, Lord, uh, because of the worship that we give you this morning, we bring to you this morning. We praise you for it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said what? Amen. Amen. Now, here's an old song. I don't think we've ever, ever done this song here since I've been here. So I just thought it was good. It kind of goes along with my message. So let's all stand up. Here we go. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I wandered in darkness away, 
Jesus, my Savior, I'm in. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend. He met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling. He made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down, glory filled my soul. Isn't that truth? Born of the Spirit with life from above Into God's family divine Justified fully through Calvary's love Oh, what a standing is mine Sing it out And the transaction so quickly was made When as a sinner I came Took on the offer of grace He did proper He saved me, oh, praise His dear name Heaven came down, glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole. What happened? My sins were washed away, and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down, glory filled my soul. Now I have a hope that will surely endure After the passing of time I have a future in heaven for sure There in those mansions sublime And it's because of that wonderful day When at the cross I believe Riches eternal and blessings supernal From His precious hand I receive Heaven came down, glory filled my soul How about you, huh? Amen When at the cross the Savior made me whole My sins were washed away And my night was turned to day Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Hey, I want to sing that last verse again. Come on. Now I've a hope that will surely endure. Think about it. After the passing of time, I have a future in heaven for sure. There in those mansions sublime. And it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross I believe. Riches eternal and blessings supernal From His precious hand I receive Good Heaven came down and glory filled my soul When at the cross the Savior made me whole My sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down, glory filled my soul. What happened at the cross? My sins were washed away. And my night 
return today. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Amen. Isn't that awesome? All right, now I want everybody to turn around and wave at the camera back there so we can wave at everybody online this morning. It's so good to have them here this morning. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to get to the Word this morning. Father, we just thank you, and we just praise you, Lord, for our time together this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you have saved us. You have saved us from ourselves. You have saved us from our sin. You saved us for heaven above. Lord, you saved us for your purpose and for your glory, God. We thank you, Lord, that we can sing these kind of songs this morning because, Lord, you're a, you're a personal God, Lord. You're a personal God with a personal touch. And, Lord, there's many of us here who has had that personal touch from you, Lord, at some point in our past. And, Lord, we're just so grateful for your touch. We're grateful for your sacrifice on the cross. We're grateful, Lord, for all that you do in and through our life. And, Lord, it's my prayer, God, that today as we worship you, Lord, we just uh, we think about the sacredness of the church, and, Lord, and how important it is that we are the body of Christ, the church. Lord, it's not the building, but it's the people gathered in the building that becomes the church. And, Lord Jesus, and you have called us to be together. The gather, it's, a, it's the gathering of called-out ones, Lord, and the, as we come together today. And, Lord, it's my prayer today as we do go into your word this morning. God, that if there's a heart out here that's never received you, Jesus, as Savior, that today would be the day of salvation just for them. And I pray, Lord, that you just minister to every heart, every mind, every soul in this place, Lord. This isn't, this isn't a hope so or I think I'm saved, but, Lord, this is a no-so salvation that we can know that we are saved, we can know that we are going to heaven, that we know, God, that you come and you invaded the territory of our heart and you rescued us from ourselves and from our sinful condition. So, Lord, we thank you for your precious blood and we thank you for all that you're doing in and through our lives, Father. Use us for your glory this morning. We give you praise and honor and glory for it all. For it's in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Go ahead and have a seat there if you can. We're going to get into the message this morning. You have your Bibles. You might want to go looking for 2 Samuel 6. 2 Samuel 6, and that's where our first scripture we'll start off with this morning. But listen, folks, we are a people who has a place, listen, where we can believe, belong, and become all that Jesus Christ has called us to believe, belong, and become, right? We believe what? In God. We belong what? Together. And what do we become? We become servants of a mighty king, servants of the Lord, ministers. You're a minister this morning. If you're a believer, you are a minister. You have a message, and that message is the gospel. And you need to share it through your conversation, through your conduct, through your character of your life. When people see you, you should be radiating Jesus through your life. And I know that it's not every time that we're like up on par to be that way, but that's an attitude, that's a mindset. You've got to get in a mindset where you've got to be right. And so in the morning when you get up, those are the great, wonderful times when you spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ. Make a time. If you're not spending time in the morning, it's hard to be ready to go for that day. And you may miss that great opportunity that Jesus may have for you when you go out into the public places. You might be going out swinging a golf club, right? You go out swinging a golf club, you might be swinging a golf club with somebody that would go to hell if they died on the golf course, right? 
And, uh, and, and so, you know what? You have the answer for the cure. You have the answer for eternal life if you know Jesus as your Savior. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. Listen, you're in a place and you're a people who believe, belong, and become. This is what we are about. That's why I've been preaching about those three words. It's going to be important. It's going to be important for us as the body of Christ, as God's church to do that. And listen, and listen, we are no accident. You are not. It's not a, by chance that you're here. It's not an accident that you're here, but it's a divine act of the will of God that you're sitting in this room here this morning. You know, I mean, listen, you could be a thousand places, but God has you right where he wants you. Amen? And he's right where you want, you need to be. You're right here to hear the word of God this morning. And I want you to hear his word. I want you to draw that circle around yourself, you know? And so, but here's the thing. What happens in the midst of all God has done, we can become very complacent. The church can become very complacent. I believe the church in America has become complacent. And I think by the end of this sermon, I think you'll get a little fuller understanding of what I mean by that. Because I think we can look outside and we can see the world and what's going on in the world and know that the church, I think, in some and a lot of areas has fallen down, you know. And, and so as we go this morning, we want to look at that. See, church is a sacred mystery. In the Bible, Paul refers it to a sacred ministry. Sacred means dedicated or set apart. It's for service or worship, right? Devoted exclusively to one service or use. That's what it is. Worthy of religious veneration or it's holy. Sacred means holy. It means consecrated. Entitled to reverence and respect. Highly valued and important. The church, Hill's church, the church of God is so important for us to understand. It is, there's a sacredness to his church. And we're going to talk a little bit about it this morning. God is serious about his sacredness. Very serious, especially the sacredness of the church. Listen, folks, God is serious. He's as serious as a heart attack. He is. He's serious about the church. He's serious about you as his followers, as his disciples. Uh, as we sit here and worship this morning, I want us to think about the sacredness of who he is. We must not take it lightly. We must not. And a lot of times we do. In most cases, we take it very lightly. I'll give you an example of the sacredness of God. If you look back at the children of Israel, they made this Ark of the Covenant, right? If you watched Indiana Jones and he chases after the Ark of the Covenant, right? Y'all remember that, right? The Ark of the Covenant was a box. And this box was made out of wood. And inside the box was what? The Ten Commandments, right? The tablets of the Ten Commandments given to Moses. Uh, a bowl of manna was put in there when they wandered in the, in the wilderness for the 40 years they were in there. And God fed them every single day, right? And also Aaron's rod was in there, and it was a budded rod. It was in there. And so when you think about this, the Ark of the Covenant, it represented God. and It represented the power of God. They would carry this Ark everywhere they went. They would do it, and you know what? And they were not allowed to touch the ark. They could not touch it with their hands. This is why there were these Achaia wood poles that went through these rings on the four corners of it. And they would grab the poles, and then they would carry it. Well, in this passage of Scripture, in 2 Samuel 6, David and them, are, they're traveling, and they're fixing to leave, and they're, fixing, they're taking the Ark of the Covenant with them. It would go with them. It would go ahead of the, of, of, uh, the tribes of Israel, of Judah, and everything. It would go ahead of them, right? And so here's what it says in 2 Samuel. There was a certain thing that happened, and it said, But when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, it said, Uzzah reached out toward the Ark of God and took a hold of it, for the oxen nearly upset it. 
I mean, Uzzah ends up perishing because he grabbed the ark to keep it from spilling over and spilling out all its contents. And you know what God did? Killed him right there on the spot. Now you think, that's pretty harsh, isn't it? That seems pretty harsh. He's trying to protect. Listen, he tried to keep the ark from falling. That's all he was doing, trying to keep the ark from falling. But it was a mistake. He had good intentions, but it was a mistake. God said not to touch the ark. Not to touch it. God forbid anyone from touching his ark. Was he to let it fall to the ground then? Was he? God means what God says. And God says what he means. And all of us need to take that to heart this morning. God means what he says. And Uzzah perished right there spot trying to rescue the ark when God already gave the command not to ever touch it. How about this? Remember Acts chapter 5? You know, we went through the Acts for a year and however many months, right? Remember Acts chapter 5? Remember, remember Ananias and Sapphira? Y'all remember that? What happened to them? Yeah, they, they listen, they went and <laughs> he smoked them, right? So he did. And what happened was they had sold some land and some property and they held back some of the funds instead of giving it all to the church. They didn't give it all. They lied about it. They lied about it, and the husband dropped dead right in front of the apostles. And Sapphira come in after him and dropped dead. Dropped dead, and they dragged him out and buried him. It's a shame. Remember, they were both struck dead. They lied about donating that money. It kinda rem- I kind of remember this because uh, one of the things that sticks in my mind about this is my son, Philip, when he was a little fella, uh, I caught him in a lie. <laughs> So I sat him down, I opened up my Bible to Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> have you ever done that? You probably wanted to do that, right? So that might have been mean on my part, but you know, because lying is important. Lying is important not to do. We ought not lie, right? And listen, folks, Ananias and Sapphira died. That's in the New Testament. You hear me? That's the New Testament. The New Testament. And then another thing, like Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He talks about having communion and taking communion in the wrong way, in the wrong attitude. He talks about it. In fact, 1 Corinthians 11, just read along with me, says, But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge his body, the body rightly. For this reason, Paul says to the Corinthians, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. And he ain't talking about sleeping in your beddy by, right? He's talking about dying. Some of you die because of it. Paul told the Corinthians that many of them were sick and that some have even died because they celebrate communion in an unworthy manner. You gotta celebrate. God is serious about his sacredness. Now, if Paul was exaggerating, could we not be one sip away from death? You ever think about that? Now, these situations may seem a little severe for the crime, right? But they're not. But why do we feel this way? You may feel that very way. Well, that's, that's kind of extreme, Brother Phil. Pastor, Brother, that's very extreme. Well, we have to ask ourselves the question, why do we feel this way? Do we really understand what it means to be sacred, for something to be sacred? We live 
in a human-centered society among people, listen, who sees themselves as it's all about who? It's all about me. It's all about myself. It's all about I. We see it. We can look at the TV. That's what we're seeing across our nation. We're seeing it in these different cities. It's all about me. I don't want no law. I don't need no rules. I don't need anything. Just leave us alone. Defund everything. Get rid of all the police. It's all about, I don't need that. I want, I want it my way. Man, that's the devil's way. You hear me? God created government for our good. Whether they do it right or whether they do it wrong. This is why we have the opportunity to vote. I encourage you to do that. You have an obligation to the Lord to vote. He set up the government, ordained it for all of us so we can live in peace and prosperity. And so I just encourage you in that. And these guys were saying, so why do we feel that way? Listen, we become the highest authority in our lives. This is what happens. We become the highest authority. It's all about us. We are very quick to say, it's not fair. It's not fair. I, I, I deserve this. I'm entitled to this. I have it coming. They should take care of me. They should pay for my college. They should pay for all my health care. And listen, we think about this, and that's not the way it should be. My Bible tells me if you don't work, you don't eat. Amen? That's old school, and I like it. That's good old school. If you don't work, you don't eat. So if you don't eat, what's going to happen? You're going to starve, right? Not in our society. We got people not working, but they're eating. It might sound mean. But it's something for us to think about. We believe in rights, right? <laughs> we believe in rights. I know we do. We believe in rights. Freedom of speech, justice, worship. Man, we got churches, man. They're closing down. They're fixing to throw John MacArthur in jail. I don't know what they're going to do with that man out there, but he's taking a stand for the Lord. Taking a stand for the Lord. So I have another question, but do you ever give thought to the rights that God deserves? Do you ever give thought to the rights that God deserves? Doesn't he deserve rights as God? Sometimes even in church we can act like God's actions should revolve around our little old lives. Sometimes it's got to be what color the carpet is or what we're going to name the church. Or what songs we're going to sing. Or what songs we're not going to sing. Or how the preacher's preaching. Sometimes we just, you know, we kind of want it our way. Those are some slogans for some fast foods, right? Is it McDonald's that has that? I want it my way or whatever, whatever. I can't remember. Burger King, yeah, that's right. See, it gets you there, doesn't it? You can have it your way, right? You can have it your way. So, so you do, right? Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. <laughs> Don't upset us, right? <laughs> no, that's all I, I know I'm telling my age right now. So anyway, it's all good. So there is something much greater than our rights. There are things that belong to God as sacred. His ark. Was his ark not sacred? He told him, Don't touch it. It was sacred. You know, the Bible says that after Uzzah passed away, David got very angry about that. But he went on, and he didn't touch the ark. Nobody touched the ark after that, I don't think. 
Think about it. Sacred. The Holy Spirit is sacred. Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, is inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is very sacred. The Bible teaches not to grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, you need to do it. Don't discount the Holy Spirit speaks to your hearts. Holy Spirit speaks. You need to react to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to your heart. Some of you will sit here and God will squeeze your hearts. Some of you need to come up here and pray for your life because God's squeezing your heart. Some of you need to have a changed life. God will squeeze your heart to change your life. And you sit there and you white knuckle the back of that pew. Oh, I'm not moving. I can do Man, why? Why are you doing that? That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. Oh, I'm going to fight it. Let it go. That's right. We need to let it go. Let God have his way in your life. I'm going to tell you, when God has his way in your life, you, it's gonna, he's gonna, man, he's going to explode something out of your life that's going to affect the lives of people around you. But we've got to let him. Better be careful. My wife said, be careful. <laughs> I've been down on my back for about three days. So anyway, praise the Lord. I'm here and I'm thankful. But God is so good, man. We need to think about, we need to think about rights. Communion is sacred. Listen, folks, his church is sacred. That's you and me. Sacred. We are sacred. We tend to rush into things that are sacred. We'll rush into them, right, with not too much thought. Amen? Do we? Do we not do that? We'll rush into here and we'll sing some songs. Oh, that's a good song. That's a good toe tapper. And not even think about who we're singing to. The audience of one. This is a sacred place. We are a sacred people. We serve a holy and sacred God, and he wants to hear us. And when we, when we, don't, when we don't look at the sacredness of it, and we, don't, and we don't live underneath the sacredness of holy God and realize the impact of who God is and what he's done in our lives, listen, then we pay a high price for that. Uzzah paid a high price. He believed in God, but he grabbed that ark, and he knew he shouldn't have touched it, but he did. We have all done things more irreverent than these things mentioned above that I just mentioned. Have we not? We have. We have. We must always thank God for his mercy and walk more carefully into sacred matters. We need to walk lightly into sacred matters, carefully into sacred matters. The greatest honor on earth is for all of us to be part of his church to be part of his church <laughs> that's okay sister you're good i thought that was you singing <laughs> that's all good so hills church is a sacred place where we come to meet together it's only sacred because of the people gathering together that are believers this is what makes it sacred because you're here and when you're here and you know the Lord, then God's here. When God's here and he's multiplied in here, all of us. This is, why, this is why it isn't about sitting out on an island by yourself. This is why church is, we should never forsake this setting of ourselves together, ever. And we're assembled here in person. We're assembled here online. Thank you guys for being online and watching this morning. But we are the church, triumphant, glorious. Man, we're more than conquerors because of what Christ has done. 
And he gathers us together to do his perfect work. Not by ourselves, but collectively we come together. This is why we need to be together. And we need to do the work that he has called us and, he, and we're discipled to do. We must, we must do it. Hills Church, man, it's sacred. And I don't want to ever say that lightly. I don't want us to take it lightly. So I have another question. When was the last time that you were awestruck by the fact that you are part of Christ's body. Think about that. Each one of you are an intricate, detailed part of the body of the living Lord Jesus Christ. You might be a finger. You might be a toe. You might be a leg, arm, whatever, an eyeball, a mouthpiece. Every one of us that are believers are a part of the body, of his body. There's a sacredness to that. And we need to understand that sacredness. Have you ever marveled at this privilege that we have? It's an amazing privilege that we have. We get to do church. We get to be the church. We get to go out of here and impact other people's lives for Jesus. He's given us a message. And the message, listen, and this message cures that pandemic today. His message saves a soul from going to hell and living with God eternally and reconnects. His message reconnects with a holy God where we're separated from our sin. And we know it. God has rescued me and he's rescued you. He's rescued you. And you get to go to glory to be with him. But as we look around, there's others that don't, they don't know him. Truly, they don't know him. And I want them to know him because I want them to be in heaven with me and you. I want them to be there. We know what the alternative is. is they'll, go, they'll split hell wide open. And I've heard people make jokes about hell. I remember Turner, Turner Broadcasting, talking about going to hell and saying, it's going to be a big old party down there and I can hardly wait to go down there and be part of it. Ted Turner. And I'm thinking, man, you don't know what you're saying, fool. Think about it. That's what it, that's the Bible says the fool says there is no God. <laughs> I'm just, that's just the truth of God's word. Listen, in Ephesians 5, 29, 30, listen to these words. Listen to them. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Amen? Do you not do that? Do you not feed it? Do you not drink? Do you not do things to nourish your own chest and take medicines to get better? And You nurture and nourish your own flesh. Think about this. Just as Christ also does the church. Look at this. Because we are members of what? Of his body. How special we are to him that he loves us with an everlasting love. Every, every person. We all need to stare and look at these verses. Just stare at them. Let them speak to your heart. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his eternal body. <laughs> How beautiful that is. Paul referred to it as a profound mystery, the church. 
we must all learn to meditate on this miracle called the church. That you are a human being who is currently joined to God Almighty. How beautiful is that? You're joined to God. You sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus in Ephesians. You sit there. You're right next to him in the spiritual sense. You're right there with Jesus in heaven if you're, if you're a believer this morning. You're joined to God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 16, it says, Who dwells, think, listen to this, in unapproachable light. We dwell with Jesus in unapproachable light. Now I want you to think about this. I'm going to blow your mind. The sun is 93 million miles away from good old earth, right? Yet we can't stare at the sun. Can we? You can for a short while. It burns your eyes up, right? And obviously we can't touch the sun, <laughs> right? Think about that. So it begs the question how you and I can be attached to the one who shines brighter than the sun. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, that's so good. Sorry, I'm getting carried away. Listen, holy angels, you know what they do? They cover their eyes. They can't even look upon him. We dwell with him. We are members of his body. Why would the Lord so extraordinary choose to care for you and me like he cares for his arm? We're his arm. We're his feet. We're his voice. We're everything for him. We must make time to meditate on these mysteries and let it sink into your heart. In the Old Testament, King David had his vision for his temple. God did not let him build his temple because he was a warrior. It's sacred. So he let his son Solomon build it. So Solomon built his famous temple in Jerusalem. It was the pinnacle of everything during that time. Solomon's temple was, was amazing. And you, if you think about Israel and where it's located on the Mediterranean, listen, if you were coming from Africa, you had to travel through Israel to get to Asia and Europe. If you were leaving Europe and Asia and you were coming down to Africa, you had to travel through Israel to get there unless you went by boat. And here was Solomon's glorious temple. There on Mount Moriah, there it is, it's sitting there, it's shining, it's as white as white can be, and the sun would glisten off of it, and it would just peel, just, it would shine bright, and everybody knew that was, the, that was the house of the Lord. That's where God dwelt with his people. When Solomon was building this temple, they built it, and they built it. it took a long time to get it built. And once they got it built, then in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 6, Solomon has a prayer of dedication, and he prays, for this temple, he prays to a holy God that he would come and he would fill it. And Solomon is praying, and he's praying for everything. He's praying for Israel. He's praying for foreigners like us. He's praying for us, and he's standing on the altar, right? He's on the altar of the Lord, and he prays. And when he ends his prayer, Second Chronicles chapter 7, let's read what happens here. Now, when Solomon had finished praying... 
Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. The priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. All the sons of Israel, seeing the fire come down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, bowed down on the pavement with their faces, their noses to the ground. And they worshiped and they gave praise to the Lord, saying, Truly He is good. Truly His love and kindness is everlasting. I believe some of them boys probably didn't want to get burned up. Don't you? The truth be known here. They praised the holy God. Think about this. Can you imagine fire coming out of the sky and coming down from heaven, burning up the meat that's up there on the sacri- altar of sacrifice? And let me tell you, they were, they, were, they were killing hundreds of thousands of animals. It was a bloody mess at the temple. Amazing. But God shows up. He comes down in fire. He consumes the sacrifice. He fills up, and the smoke was so thick, the priests and stuff couldn't even go inside because they couldn't see. Not only that, they scared them half to death. And they're on their faces, and they're saying, Oh, God, you are, your loving kindness is everlasting. Yes, Lord. God has a way of bringing us to that point. Sacred. What is Sacred. Can you imagine, listen, watching that, being part of that? What is God's glory like? Can you imagine, what is God's glory like? What is it like? Can you imagine your heart pounding out of your chest when you experience that? Put yourself there. Put yourself with those priests and those people and Israelites, and they see this. Man, and I imagine you could see that from a long way off. I bet that was a sight to behold. How would you have liked to have been there that day and seen that? Wouldn't that have been awesome? Listen, not able to breathe, not able to move, fainting, right? How about all of us worshiping God together side by side at that moment? What do you think that was like? They weren't sitting in a pew. They were on their face. Glory, Lord. Think about that. Think about that. The temple, think about this. The temple was the place where heaven intersected with earth. Think about that. This is where heaven intersected with earth was the holy temple in Jerusalem. It's going to be built again, too, one day. His glory was made visible to the human eye. It's amazing, right? It is so amazing. It is so glorious. It's wonderful. It's scary. I get it. At the same time, it's awesome because only God could do that. Only God could do that. But the fact is, folks, the New Testament describes something even greater than that. It does. The fact that we can covet the Old Testament experience is an indication that I don't appreciate the new reality as I should. I want you to think about this. I would love to see the glory of God descend on the temple. I would love to see that. What a sight to behold to see that. But I get something much better. We all do. For we are literally part of God's holy temple. You and I, believers, we're part of the temple of God. Get it. The temple of God. 
We get something much better. Just think, by the blood of Jesus, we all became worthy of joining with others, listen, to form the dwelling place of an eternal, holy, powerful, majestic God. And we're part of it. We are the temple with Him. 1 Peter chapter 2. Listen to these words. Therefore, putting aside all malice, and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. In other words, if you're saved, he's encouraging, Peter's encouraging, keep walking, keep learning, keep listening, keep changing, let God's glory fill your heart, let God's glory fill your mind and your soul, everything that you are, give it all to him, let him fill you, let him fill you, let him fill you till it overflows. Because when it overflows is when it touches the other hearts of other people. He says that. Look at verse 4. And coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but Jesus, he is a choice and precious in the sight of God. Look at verse 5 in particular, because he's talking to you. He's talking to me. He says, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. For a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through who? Through Jesus Christ. How precious is that? That is so precious. We are so precious to him. And you're a part of him and he's part of you. We are living stones. You are a stone of the same structure in which the apostles... And the prophets are the foundation. And Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone that holds it all together. I can see it, man. I see it. Tom McMath. There's his stone right next to the cornerstone. Jesus. Can you imagine that? Kenny, Lisa, there's your stones. I think your stones would be side by side. Kenny, Lisa, Jesus. I don't know. We're the church, folks. We're the temple of a holy God that lives inside of you and me. We're all joined together to form one house for God. That's what we are. We are somehow blocks for his temple. And because we are part of the structure, he dwells among us. Jesus, God dwelt among his people in the temple in Jerusalem. And listen, those people could not have God dwelling in their own personal bodies. They had to go once a year. The high priest had to make atonement for the sins of an entire nation of people. And he'd go in there and they'd do the sacrifice and put the blood on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy of Holies, and it would forgive their sin for a whole year. But here's the precious thing. You and I, we're part of the temple. God filled the temple. God fills your temple through Jesus Christ. The temple... He's inside of you. He's inside of me. He makes his home with us. I put down here like, woo, how awesome, right? That is awesome. This is wonderful. Listen, don't try to figure it out. Just stare at it. I just like, let's just be, be still. And let's just th- let's ponder that for a minute. And I just think, hmm. That's exciting. glory of God dwelling in all of us 
Paul also described this mystery with a warning, though. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Listen, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit, capital S, of God dwells in you? And he says, if any man destroys the temple of God, he said, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, it's sacred, and that is what you are. Think about that. So when we look back at 2 Chronicles 7, fire comes down, glory fills the temple. Would you have considered taking a sledgehammer to that temple at that time? If you were there and the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice, right? And if you were there at the temple in Jerusalem, go back, go back. Would you have taken a sledgehammer? This is actually a mauler. Would you have hit the temple with a mauler? Would you? Anybody? No way. Would be crazy. That'd be nuts, right? Think about this for a minute. We would not take a hammer to God's holy temple. Then why are we so quick to do what? Honey, would you come up here and help me? Come up here and help me. Come on up here. And why are we so quick? We're quick to do certain things, and we're his living stones. I want you to think about this here. We're quick to what? We're quick to gossip. Are we not? We are. Man, we're quick. Are we quick to backbite? Which is another form of gossip, right? Sometimes we're going to be quick to do what? Divide the church. You ever seen anybody experience that before? Man, are we not quick to stir up trouble sometimes? Huh? Sometimes, sometimes we're prone to lie and complain. Everybody ever done that? Put, put both your hands up. Well, we all have. We all done it, right? Come on. You're, 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 I'm looking, I'm, you know. <laughs> okay, God, who you look? Right? Think about this. How about this? Sometimes we steal. Prone to steal. Oh, I'm gonna do this. Let me do this. Let's see what we can do. How about that? Let me just cover it all. Just flat out sinning, right? We're just sinners, right? We don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve. We deserve what do we deserve, folks? We deserve hell for our sinfulness. Yet he saved us. Yet he makes hey, listen, we can glory in him, his glory. He saves us. Stay. There's our living stone sometimes today in the church. Anyone destroys this temple, he said, God will destroy that person. So here's my question is, why is God so harsh about this? Why is he so harsh about this? It's because God's temple is sacred. You are his temple. We collectively are that temple. Every time you speak evil, it's like taking the sledgehammer to the temple. Would you really want to do that? Would you? For we are dealing with something sacred here. It's holy. And listen, you want to make sure you want to stay on the right side of his protection, not on the wrong side. You want to be on the right side of his protection. 
Maybe this is why Paul said in Titus 3.10, reject factious men after a first and second warning. We cannot enable division. We cannot enable gossip. We cannot enable. We've got to guard our hearts. We've got to guard the church. God hates this sin too much. His temple is too sacred. He's not going to put up with this. Sometimes we're too quick to critique the church leadership. Sometimes we're too quick to critique the music, the programs, pointing out flaws in this big old pastor sermon, which I'm sure there are many. Could it be that we are taking a sledgehammer to his temple in doing so? Remember, this is where God chose to live on earth through each one of us. Now, the church is the temple. We are that temple. You know that 2 Chronicles 7 wasn't the only time that fire fell from heaven. You know that? Because if you go to Acts chapter 2, there was 120 people in a room. And one day, fire fell in cloven tongues of fire and fell on each one of them. Fire fell. That was the beginning of the church. Because the people in it are what? The temple of God. And fire fell, and they were all filled with the Spirit of God. And they spoke in other languages. It's awesome. Do we get who we are? The disciples were united, and they were praying in that upper room. And that tongues fell on them. They were in the temple. Fire fell on all and every single one of them. Amen? It did. And this morning, I would ask you to consider what type of living stone you are this morning. Which of these stones can you identify with? And there's, I could have had stones probably to fill this whole place with different things, right? But which one are you this morning that you need to get rid of? Have you named one in your own heart? All right, now my next question is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Believer, what are you going to do about it? 1 John 1, 9 tells us what we need to do about it, Believers. If we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and righteous and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All of our unrighteousness. So, when you pray a prayer of confession, listen, it's like taking this here sledgehammer. Now it's my Jesus sledgehammer, right? So it's like taking a sledgehammer, all that sin, when you confess, boom, you knock it all. Jesus knocks it out for you. You must go to him. And see, when you do this, this is what happens is, then you're able to turn around and with, oh, they're all different. That's all right, they're all the same. Then you all live. Listen, self-control, fruit of the Spirit, right? Gentleness, right? Patience. It brings patience. Listen, confess your sins to the Lord. Walk in the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy. Faith. <laughs> this, is why, this is how we're supposed to live. Kindness and goodness. <laughs> and mostly peace. Let me tell you, the fruit of the Spirit is how we live out our life, right, honey? Let me try this. Thank you. The fruit of the Spirit. You don't produce the fruit of the Spirit. You know that? Only Jesus produces the fruit of the Spirit. 
Jesus in you. You're not capable of producing the fruit of the Spirit. You can only produce it when Jesus is operating through you. You want true peace? <laughs> only Jesus gets He's the Prince of Peace, right? You want true, listen, you want faith? <laughs> God gives you faith. You've got to surrender to His fruit, right? Kindness and goodness. Listen, all those things are in every one of them. If we're a believer, how, how can you deny any one of these things? You cannot deny any one of them. And see, when we do, and we're operating out of hate rather than love, out of chaos rather than peace, listen, when we're operating that way, what we're doing is we're taking a sledgehammer to his temple. I want you to get this this morning. He loves you so much. He wants to guide you through your everlasting life. From this moment on, and when you struggle and you go through things, it's not that easy. I understand. But we have to submit. God makes it easy when we submit to him. Allow his peace to overwhelm us. Allow, his, allow everything that he is to overwhelm your presence. But you've got to spend time with your best friend. You gotta, he's got to be your best friend. Listen, I used to tell my students all the time. I said, hey, students, what would happen if you didn't talk to your best friend? Well, I said, would they still be your best friend? If you never talked to them, would they be your best friend after a while? I said, no. I said, Jesus is your best friend. The difference between your friend and Jesus is Jesus never stops loving you. He's always there for you. You may not talk to him. You may walk away from him. You may do your own thing your own way. But he never stops loving you and offering a way for you to return back to him. Some of you here this morning, <laughs> what kind of living stone are you? Are you one that walks in the fruit of God's spirit? Or do you have some stuff in your life that you need to get rid of? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, think about how you worship. Think about how sacred is the church to you? How sacred is Hill's church to you? How sacred and precious is Jesus in your heart, in your life? Christians, I would confess my sins this morning if I were you. If you any of those things lined up in your, God spoke to your heart this morning to get rid of some things. Maybe you just missed it. Maybe you missed Maybe you never thought about it or heard about it that way. You're the temple of the presence of God. The presence of God dwells in and through you if you're a believer. Get underneath God. Let him control your life. Stop controlling your own life. See, when you control your own life, then you rebel against God. You know, the Bible says that's a sin of witchcraft. Give it to God. Let God speak into your heart. Just let go. Let God. Let him have it all. Tax, title, license, everything. Christian, just confess your sins. He's faithful just to forgive them. Do that right now. Whatever that sin may be in your life, just confess it to God. He's here. He hears. He's, he hears. He's, he's God. He can hear all of us at the same time. That's amazing. I like that. <laughs> Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Lord, I have failed so miserably as your son. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me of 
my lying or forgive me of my cheating, forgive me of my stealing, forgive me of my talking back to my wife or talking down to my wife or talking down to my kids or not, not, not making you first place in my life. Lord, come into my heart. Wash away my sin. Lord, I want to start over fresh and new. Lord, I give it to you this morning. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, wipe it away, whatever it is. Fill in the blank. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus your Savior. There's no way you can ever understand peace and joy and fulfillment in life until Jesus becomes your Savior. The Bible says that without Jesus, we're spiritually dead. We're like zombies walking around. And we have to be born again from above. The Spirit of God comes on you when you receive Jesus as Savior. The Spirit of God comes on you and comes in you and transforms your life from the inside out. But you've you got to take that step. You've got to surrender. When God prods your and says, Hey, I've never done that. I need to do that this morning. I promise you need to do it. If God is speaking in your heart, do it. Say, Jesus, come into my heart right now. I give you all of my life this morning. Come in. Save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me this morning. Thank you, Lord, for saving so many folks here this morning. I pray, Lord, that if someone here has never trusted you as Savior, they, say, they said this morning, I can't pray them into heaven. Lord, I can't, all I can do is lead them in a type of prayer. But they've got to mean it from their heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me today. I trust you. I trust in your death on the cross. I trust in your burial and your resurrection from the dead. Come into my heart, Jesus, I beg you this morning, and change me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want you to, I've got something I want to show you on the screen here while I go back here and do my Superman thing. treat this morning. We have Sister Juliana here, and I call her sister because we got a special thing fixing to happen where she's going to be baptized this morning. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so we'll have fun. So it'll be good. So I just thought it would be a good idea for us to sit down here and just kind of share a little bit about uh, Sister Juliana. She can talk a little bit about how she came to Hills Church and, and kind of what happened, you know, that brought her to her decision a couple weeks ago to be saved and to be uh, baptized. So if you were to share with us, that would be awesome. Okay, so how I came here. I mm -hmm. came through um, Celebrate Recovery. That's with right. My daughter. I came with my daughter. That's awesome. Us. She is a struggling recovering addict. Mm -hmm. And she said, Mom, I want to go to this meeting. Right. You want to come with me? And I said, sure, I'll go. You know, no big deal. Uh -huh. Support her. Right. Because that's my job, is to support my daughter uh -huh. in her recovery. That's right. So we went there, and we met... Um, a mom. Oh, okay. Who I have a lot in common with. No kidding. No, oh, that's kidding. awesome. And her name is Joanne Kelly. Sister Joanne? Yes. Isn't she a bright spot? She is a bright Very. spot. Oh, I love so, her. Joanne had invited us to come to church, and Connie's like, Mom, I want to go. You want to go with me? Sure, no problem. Let's go. Whatever you want. Uh -huh. you need it, let's go. So, we came, 
And it was your sermon that that day, and I forget what you were saying, but you were talking directly to my heart because oh I had lost my dad. Connie oh overdosed oh. two weeks, and then my dad died, and I was lost. Yeah, that's all. And you're talking, <laughs> and you, you touched me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was like, my dad was really cool son, and I went home and told my husband all about it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you got to go see this guy. He is awesome. I feel <laughs> love. I feel I need to be there. Mm -hmm. So, you know. That's that Holy Spirit, you know. Holy Spirit has a way of just kind of invading, you know. I, you know, I, I get up there, I'm, I'm like his mouthpiece. So it's like Holy Spirit is just giving me a message for the day. Right. But it's amazing how he speaks to And he speaks to everybody's heart sometimes different, you know. And so that is awesome. And he is speaking to you. And so that's very cool. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. So the next Sunday we come again because she wants mm -hmm. to come. Fine. Mm -hmm. And you do it again. <laughs> what you're talking about. You're talking about this time. I remember it was somebody went to God or something. Fifteen years, mm -hmm. you would struggle for fifteen years, and I take you to heaven. Mm -hmm. My dad struggled with chemo oh, wow. for fifteen years. Mm -hmm. The last two that he lived, mm -hmm. the chemo had given him leukemia on top of Hopkins lymphoma, and God took him home. Mm -hmm. So you again talking to my heart. I'm like, this is. Crazy. I've never had this. Mm. Never in my life have mm. I gone and listened to a priest talk mm. and was talking to me. So your background is, you have a Catholic background, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you go to church, and mm -hmm. if you don't go to church, you're going to hell. Okay. Period. Okay. So, but the priest never, his stories that he told never touched me. Mm. I would go, I would do what my dad wanted me to do. He went to church every Sunday. Right. And then I kind of was like, I got I don't believe in half the stuff they're saying. Mm. And it's not kind of, right. you know what I mean? It doesn't right. touch me. So I did my thing and my dad went to church and he was, you know, praying and everything. So I go home that day and my brother comes up and he says, you know, when I found daddy, mm -hmm. he said, oh my God. And we put him on the bed and my father passed away. Right. So the next week, your sermon's about crying out to God. And I'm like, how many more times am I going to have to get a bang on the head? You're mm -hmm. saying cry out to God. My dad cried out to God, oh. and God took him home. He's oh. with God. Wow. So I'm driving to work, because now school starts, I go to work, and my radio station won't work. Right, right. My well, radio station works on the Christian radio station. And all these songs are about Jesus and believing in God and coming to God uh -huh. and he wins the battle. And I went to work and across the hall is a youth minister. Right. That she's been talking to me about God for two years. I've been across the hall from her. Uh -huh. I'm just like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So I'm in my desk and I'm, and I'm working and I keep hearing the song in my head and I got up. Went to Daisy and I said, I need to talk to you about God. Yeah. She was like, What do you mean? So I told her, and I said, I'm really thinking about being baptized. But, and she goes, If you're getting that call, you better go. You just better go. <laughs> so Good she work. kept me there for a while. She gave me a book that, you know, she's working on. And um, she said, Here. And 
she just started crying. She said, God is working for me right now, Tia. Mm -hmm. Went across the hall. I texted you. Mm -hmm. Could not get the text on. I have work to do. I've got school to get right. started. Right. And I can't get the text to you, so I got up right. and went to the window. Right. Because that's where I could send it. Wow. Yeah. That's right. That's Put the right. thing back. I told you about that. I remember that text. Yeah, I remember it. That was cool. You text me back. Uh -huh. I could get your text. Right. I couldn't text you back. That's right. That's right. Oh my God, sweet mother. Here we go. <laughs> so every text, I would get up, go to the window, go back, uh -huh. work, go back and forth. Right. And then I finally, after the last text went through, there was peace. And I'm like, I got this. Jesus has got me. I'm good. Yeah. So. As we're getting closer to me getting baptized, things just started, the, the devil's coming. Yeah. And he's coming strong. Right. And he hit my friend Daisy. Oh my goodness. Her husband was just right, right, with right. stage four brain right. cancer. Right. So right. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, just leave mm -hmm. my people alone. Leave them alone. Wow. So Daisy was gonna come today, but mm -hmm. I told her, you go be with your husband that's where you need to be. Right. You there. Right. So, um, in the midst of all this, I keep thinking of your, your mission statement. Be mm -hmm. long, be calm. That's right. Believe long, Believe. 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 That's right. I got my switch up. That's but right. But it's exactly how this church makes me feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have always believed in Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, that he right. died on the cross. I never found a place that belonged until right. now. Wow. And now, the final step is to be calm. Amen. So well, I remember that Sunday morning and you came up to me and I asked everybody, anybody who received Christ to come up to the altar after the service and talk to me. And we sat down on the steps up there and just chit-chatted a little bit. And so really blessed my heart. Was that the day I did the table? Was that the table sermon that day? No, it was oh, the week was after. Because when you did the table sermon, you yeah. asked, yeah. and I was like this. <laughs> you were leaning, right? I'm leaning. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. the seeker? And then you, uh, you I told you that it, right? I was teetering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took me a week for God to be like, go. Full on, go ahead. Jesus, take it all. So that's, that's awesome. And so, uh, well, I'm really encouraged. And so we sat down there and talked a little bit about it. I asked you about your salvation. You received Christ as Savior. You understood that death on the cross was forgiveness of sin. And you understood all that. Mm -hmm. And so that's awesome, you know. And, uh, and it's easy. I mean, we make it so hard, folks. Listen, you know. A three-year-old can understand what it takes to be saved. You just have to believe. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, was buried, rose again from the dead. You trust him by the faith that God gives you, that he is your savior, and he saves you. He is your savior. And so and she shared that with me, and so she said she wanted to get baptized. So here we are, and so we're fixing to do that. Well, Julianne, I'm just so stoked about baptizing you today. Mm -hmm. uh, here in about a couple seconds when you guys see this. But uh, just enjoy and just pray for Julianne. I want to encourage everybody to pray for her and pray for daughter Connie and her husband. Pray for everybody uh, in her family that they would come to know Jesus as Savior and that they would walk uh, the walk, you know, that Jesus uh, calls us as disciples to walk. So we just uh, thank you for coming today and thank you for coming to church. Thanks for being See how God works. We're living stones, folks. She's a living stone. I'm a living stone. And it's just going to be really amazing as we see what God does through all of our lives, right? Right. Sweet. Amen. Watch this.
watch this. This is awesome. Okay. So I want you, if you want to just cover your nose when it's time to go down and bend your knees, I got you, all right? Okay. Now listen, folks, I'm going to tell you, baptism doesn't save you. She's already saved. She trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior. And he has already baptized her with his spirit. What this does is it's her outward profession of an inward change in her life. And so the Bible teaches us that we are to baptize. Go and make disciples baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So she's here before you professing her faith in Jesus Christ this morning. Isn't that awesome? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for my sister Julianne. I thank you, Lord, for her profession of faith to this, these folks here this morning, to our body. I thank you, Lord, for saving her, that the blood was applied to her every sin's name, past, present, and future. I thank you, Lord, that she submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, Lord, that she submitted to the bathing of your blood in her life. And, Lord, that she trusts you with all of her heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, Lord, I pray that you just touch my sister, Lord, that this, it's, the fight is going to be a real fight now that she has won, uh, and she is one with you, Jesus. And the devil would like to try to get her to doubt her salvation, would like to try to get her to think that it didn't mean or matter or anything. Lord, that's what he does. Uh, for she now is an enemy of the devil. <laughs> and, uh, and the devil don't like it. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, as I baptize my sister, I thank you, Lord, for my sister. And I pray and I baptize her in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. Ready? Here we go. Amen. Love you, girl. That's so awesome, man. I want to tell you. When I was thinking about this, you know, uh, Celebrate Recovery is the first service that she came to. Mm -hmm. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Exactly. Don't miss that. And listen, and it's time for us as brothers and sisters to love on Sister Julianne and the rest of her family. Isn't this an awesome time? This is a sacred time. Let's not miss the moment of the sacredness of what God is doing in the life of a believer and we need to be there to help her and to guide her and to help her every step of the way. She's hungry for the word of God. And it's obvious. I love each and every one of you. I want to thank you for being here today and being a witness of her baptism. We celebrate her new beginning in the life of Christ. And I just pray that you would just encourage her every step of the way. Amen. Amen. All right. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the mighty name of Jesus. Go with us now as we go into the week. Lord, to make disciples, Lord, by sharing uh, your story through our life, that others would come to the knowledge of the truth of who you are, Jesus. I give you praise for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. If you made a decision today, see me afterwards.